I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with some other things. I really thought that I checked all the passages on this Mark Your Bibles. If you remember, when I started out, one of the first things we went to was where it says Galatians 4. And I said, that doesn't sound right. I think that's supposed to be Galatians 3. Somebody checked that. I looked around, nobody was checking this up. And, uh, that is supposed to be Galatians 3 instead of Galatians 4. Other than that, I mainly just, as I went through, I, I decided I need another passage or two, but it's still just connected with what's here. Uh, let me go ahead and do this. Uh, the next two classes where you're going to be uh, teaching this to a partner. I want everybody to figure out who your partner is, and one of you will teach as far as you can go in class to be your partner. Then the, the final Sunday, the partner will teach you as far as you can go. So that, that will that'll give you some practice. So, now, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to, to demonstrate how this does. And as I worked on this, it more and more struck me, what in the world is a guy that can barely see and barely hear and barely write trying to do anything? You see on here? I've even I've even got a little mark little tabs on here because arthritic fingers cannot turn pages. Seems like all the pages are glued together. I have no idea what's going to happen. There'll be probably goose uh, all the time. But we're going to smile at that and our conclusion is going to be if that old decrepit guy can do this, then I can do this. Are you with me? Okay, that's that's the thing. Now I need a I need to teach somebody. I want somebody nice. <laughs> You're in big trouble. This young man over here volunteered, but he didn't act like he was going to be nice. Okay, do I have a volunteer to sit over here? This is my volunteer. Okay, right over. He looks, he looks, he looks nice and kind. Okay. Just, oh, you have to bring your Bible. Oh, I do? Okay. All you need is your Bible. I know I'm not allowed to write on this. If I'd had any plastic in a while, I would have it. Come to think of it, I've got something. That's something. Well, we'll just ask if anybody has been working on your, uh, marking your Bible, does anybody have any questions? Where are you finding an inexpensive Bible that has white marks on it? 
Where do you find any expansion of Bible when you have some margins on the side? That has what? Margins on the side, right here, like this. Yeah, where margins. Do you, where do you find a Bible? Margins. Why? Why? Margins. Look for Bibles for Bible journaling, because I have one at home that has a real wide strip down the side, so you can draw pictures and. I make all kinds of things in it. It's Bible journaling. That's a, that's a smile. Yeah, yeah. But it, the one I have at home has real wide margins. They don't, need, they don't need much margin. It's got a lot of passage there. The next passage. That's all, that's all you're writing in the margin. Paul was finding a cheap one. Huh? Paul was finding a cheap one. Go to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a piece of paper. We'll we'll ignore this. I'll show you. Can somebody remove this for me? I thought that'd be good to see what I'm writing on a piece of paper while I'm going through. But I'll from time to time I'll show you the piece of paper. Okay. Piece of paper. Somebody have a somebody have a blank piece of paper. Over here. Over here. Actually, actually several. There you go. There's some more. There's some more. Okay. Okay. There we go. Okay. Here, here. Move over. Right in here. It's good to see you today. See you too. And you have to remind me of your name. Uh, Drake. Drake. Drake, it's good to see you. I'm thankful that you uh, decided to study the Bible together. There's really no, no more important job in all the world than to understand the Bible and our relationship with God. Now, before we start, I'd like for you to fill out this card right here. That'll, that'll help us as we study. You have a pen? Uh, no. Oh, there I do. Oh, thank you. This is the card that's in the manual there. When were you saved? When were you baptized? How were you baptized? Okay. Thank you. 
My handwriting is terrible, isn't it? I just have a hard time reading cursive sometimes. Okay, uh, let's have a word of prayer before we start. Always hold our hand. God, we do thank you for our opportunities. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Pray that you be with us during this class. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good, good. Now, the Bible, of course, is a very big book. We can't study everything in this. So, right here at the top of the page, I'm going to write down what we're going to be studying. I'm going to put a line across, across the top. I'm going to put Jesus. Salvation. That's that's what we're going to be talking about, okay? Now I'm going to put a line <coughs> down the sheet right here, and I'll be putting passages right here that we look at. And I want you to keep this piece of paper, and then in between our studies, I want you to read these over, okay? And, and, and look at them, make sure they really say what we talked about, and read the passages before and after, because it's easy to just to take a verse out of context, and as the old saying goes, it becomes a prefix. So you need to understand that this is, this, is what, this is what it actually says. Okay, now we're going to start with this subject right here. Authority. You know, if, if you don't agree on what your authority is, you can't agree on anything, right? Uh, I, my my bro brother and I like to argue about how to spell things when there's a dictionary. <laughs> well, the dictionary was the authority. We weren't the authority. So, what's our, what's our in, in regard to, to, to salvation and Jesus and just all the things that are important in life, what is our authority? Okay? Now we're going to start off. Miracles never cease. <laughs> you want it back? I, I, didn't, I didn't even say it. I'm not going to try to <laughs> all this. Okay, let's start with... Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16, and 17. What, what translation do you have? Um, <clears throat> ESV. English Standard. The what? ESV. English Standard. Oh, English Standard. Okay, that's a good translation. <laughs> Good translation. 
Now, you know, when I write these out, this is the book, that's the chapter, and these are the verses. Yes. And if you don't know where a book is, there's always a table of contents in the front, and you can, you can find what page it is. I've got it. It's just, there we go. Okay, you want to read that for me now? Uh, 316. 2 Timothy 316. All scripture is breathed out by God and <clears throat> profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for tr training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, now. That, that, that uses the word scriptures, doesn't it? Okay. Now the scriptures, that's a technical term in this verse for this right here. Okay. Now what, what does it say that uh, this right here is good for? Profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. At the man of God may be what? Uh, equipped for every good work. Okay. Well, there's another term in there that, that was good to make us what? Uh, all scripture is breathed out by God. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll put that. Scripture. Breathed out by God. Breathed out, that, that's, that's a literal translation. You may be interested in, in seeing how this, how this reads in the, the, the New American Standard. Can you see this word right here? Our scripture is... Inspired. Inspired. Inspired means breathed out. So, a long ago, God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. And God had breathed in, inspired those who wrote this, so it became a living book. So I want to suggest I want to suggest. The Bible is our authority, okay? Uh, I'm, my opinion is not what matters. Your opinion is not what matters. Uh, what Mama thought, what Daddy thought, what this great teacher thought, what this televangelist thought is not what matters. What matters? What God thinks. What? What God thinks. And, but but where, where do we find out what God thinks? In the Bible. The Bible. Okay. So this is going to be our authority, the Bible. All right? Okay. Now, there's something we need to know about the Bible. It has Old Testament and New Testament. So you can see... The Old Testament is about three times the size of the New Testament. Lots of stuff back there. And <coughs> it's impossible to keep both what's back here and what's here. 
Back here, they went to Jerusalem three times a year. They burned animal sacrifices. Uh, they, they couldn't eat catfish. <laughs> <laughs> they, they couldn't eat bacon, you know. Anyway, that's all back here. So we need to, need to move one step further on authority. We need to see whether it's the Old Testament that we're to follow, that's our authority, or the New Testament of Jesus Christ is our authority. Okay, we're going to uh, go now And we're going to go now to uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Galatians 3, 19. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Okay, read it again now. The wording is a little different than I'm familiar with. Read it. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Okay. So, it's put in place, the old law, put in place until the offspring should come. Right? Mm -hmm. So to say? Yes. Offspring should come. I wonder who, I wonder who that offspring is. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You've read your Bible. Go back to verse 16 to read that. Um... Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. Okay, so <coughs> the law was given until the offspring come, and that offspring is what? Jesus. Jesus. So here we go. Here's the Old Testament. It's going to stay with us until... Jesus comes. Now go down to read verse 24 and 25. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. No longer under a what? Guardian. Guardian. So the law was a guardian until what? Uh, until the... Um... Till we had faith, or till we were, hold on. Until Christ came. Until Christ came. So, the Old Testament had, had, had a special purpose, but it was designed to be in place until Christ came. Then once Christ came, what's, what about that guardian? But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Okay. This is a very important 
thing to realize. Here's the Old Testament, I'll do an OT. Until Christ came. Okay, let's turn now. To Colossians 2.14. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to <clears throat> Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? No, is it? Is it uh, Galatians two fourteen? Galatians two fourteen. Colossians. Okay, my bad. Colossians. Colossians two fourteen. My bad. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Okay, here's his legal demands that are nailed to the cross. So you see, we got the. So I'm going to put, finish making this a cross right here. Legal demands nailed to the cross. Now read verse 16 to find out what some of those legal demands are. Therefore, let no one <clears throat> pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Okay, so since these legal demands have been nailed to the cross, nobody can judge you in various ways. Now, there are probably a lot of laws about all these different things, except the last thing mentioned there in verse 16. What's the last thing mentioned in verse 16? Uh, the Sabbath. Sabbath. Now, as far as I know, there are no set of laws about the Sabbath anywhere except in the Old Testament, and starting, of course, with the Ten Commandments, you keep the Sabbath. So he's talking about the Old Testament here. The Old Testament has been Nailed to the cross. There we go. Old Testament nailed to the cross. Okay. Now, now let's turn to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15 to 17. Hebrews 9, verse what? Hebrews chapter 9. What verse? 15 through 17. Therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of... The one who has made it must be established, for a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. 
Okay. Now, it starts out as He is the mediator of a new covenant. You got the Old Testament, that's the same thing as Old Covenant. New Testament, same thing as New Covenant. Now, He is the mediator of a new covenant. That's Jesus. Jesus' new covenant. Now, notice on there when that covenant came into effect. Uh, at death. At death. I make a last will and testament. When does it go into effect? Death. When I die. It's not in force as long as I'm alive. But when I die. So, the cross stands for the, the death of Christ. And it's at the death of Christ that the New Testament begins. Now this is very, very important as we're trying to establish God's will for our own lives. Uh, we're not going to go back to the Old Testament. They had the burning of incense. Uh, it's going to look almost the same. They had the burning of sacrifices. Those look almost the same. They had, they had these priests with their uh, special garbs and so on. They had instrumental music. That's all, that's all Old Testament stuff, okay? We're not going to try to justify what we're doing by what's in the Old Testament. We're going to look in the New Testament. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no value in the Old Testament, okay? Uh, and so he scrambles for a minute here. It's amazing things, things vanish on, well here it is, John 12, 48. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Who is speaking there? Jesus. Jesus. And he says, what's going to judge us on the last day? His word. His word. All right. So it's not, not back here in the Old Testament, but it's in the New Testament. Okay. So again, we emphasize that, that thing, that this is, this is where we want to go. We want to go to the New Testament of Jesus Christ. Now, this doesn't mean that there's no value in the Old Testament. We're not going to take the time to look at these, but I'll put them here and you can look at them later. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, and Romans. <laughs> I think that's Romans 5, 23. That doesn't sound quite right, but anyway, both of those say that there's value these are written for our learning of things in the Old Testament written for our learning. We can learn from the Old Testament. Uh, if you want to know why you're here, how you got here, what your purpose is here, you start with Genesis 1. It tells you those things. Uh, the big, big, big lesson in the Old Testament is if you obey God, you're blessed. If you don't obey God, you're cursed. So there's so much. In fact, there there are 
places in the New Testament you just can't quite understand unless you know some of the Old Testament, like the book of Hebrews. But the book, the section of the Bible that tells us specifically how what God wants us to do today and how to go to heaven when we die, that's the New Testament. Okay? Going through the New Testament. That's that's our authority. Okay. Now we want to move on to uh, another subject. Uh, oh dear, I, I can't, I cannot read this. Oh, Romans 15, 4, no wonder. Uh, Romans 15, 4 is the one I had, should have gone here. 15, 4. Okay, now now turn to Romans 3.23. I'm going to write on here the problem. Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. How many have sinned? All. All have sinned. Let's put that in there. All have sinned. Do you know, do you know what sin is? Uh, disobedience. It's disobedience. The various ways we can sin, we can do what God said not to do, that's sin. We cannot do what God has said to do, that's sin. We can just ignore what God said, do what we want to, that's sin. And we can sin in our mind, our thoughts, we can sin by what we say, we can sin by what we do. Now, I don't know about you, but I've sinned, right? I've thought things I shouldn't think. I've said things I shouldn't say. I've done things I shouldn't do. I've sinned. And the Bible says everybody has sinned. That's, that's everybody that's old enough to, to know what sin is, right? We call them that accountable. So you've sinned, right? Yeah, we've all sinned. Now, uh, Someone says, okay, let's just do some good stuff. That'll take care of all that. But it won't. Let's turn now to Romans 6 and 23. 6.23. Yeah. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, that last part's where we're going to go through with salvation, but notice that first part. The wage the of sin wages is death. The wages of sin is what? Death. Death. Death uh, is a technical term, and used in a technical term in the Bible, it refers to separation. When we sin, we separate ourselves from God. Uh, Old Testament emphasizes that 
We, we, we separate ourselves from him. He didn't do it, we did it. So, what in the world are we going to do? We all sin. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. Ah, we're, in a, we're in a mess, right? <laughs> We need we need we need a solution to this. Let's see. Let's turn now. Let's turn now to Romans three sixteen. I'm writing on here the solution. John three sixteen. Oh, John. I'm sure you could quote it, but yeah. we'll go ahead and read it. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever that whoever believes in him should not perish and have eternal life. God loved us. So it's if God didn't love us, we'd be in bad trouble, right? Mm -hmm. But he loved us so much, what did he do? He gave his only begotten he gave son. His son. <laughs> we'll come back to that word believe in just a minute. So if whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Okay, now let's turn to I never to turn to John three sixteen. Now we're John three sixteen. John three sixteen. Terrible not being able to see, folks. I think Luke nineteen ten. Next or not? Look, look, look at look at your outline. What's the what's the next? Luke nineteen ten, right? The next one. Luke nineteen ten. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Son of Man did what? Uh, came to seek and save the lost. Came to seek and save the lost. Who's the lost? Uh, sinners. Yeah, and we're all sinners, right? Yes. He came to seek and save the lost. Okay. Okay, let's turn to Romans 5, 6, and 8. One of my, one of my favorite little passages. Romans 5, 6 through 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died <clears throat> for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that we, 
we're still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, that's where we are, right? All have sinned. And while we're still sinners, Christ did what? Died for us. Died for us. He took the punishment of our sins. Now that's a, that's a mystery. I don't understand all of that. I just know that when Jesus died for me, it gave me the hope of, of life everlasting. Jesus died for sinners. Okay, Romans, that's Romans 3, or Romans 5, 6 through 8. Okay, let's turn now to 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. 12 or 15? Mm, 15. 15. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 15. That's not 12. <laughs> First Corinthians 15. For I delivered to you as, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. And, verse, and uh, next the next verse, verse also. Okay. That <clears throat> he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. So this, this is the wonderful gospel story. Christ died for us. He was buried. He was raised the third day. So, God gave His Son, and we'll, we'll just put right here, D, D, R, death, burial, resurrection. Now, going down and look, look at verses 51 and 52. Behold, I tell you, a mystery we shall not all sleep, but <clears throat> we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Isn't that amazing? Christ died, was buried, was raised. And now, since that's the case, what's going to happen to those that are ready for Christ when he returns? Sorry. <laughs> this this shows you how exciting <laughs> the study is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. What, what's going to happen to us when Christ returns? We're going to uh, be be changed and raised up. Okay, we're going to be raised from the dead. So death death does not concern a Christian because he's going to a better place. And then when Christ comes, he's going to be raised from the dead. Isn't that wonderful? Think what, what Christ is going to do for us. Okay, so the, the solution, of course, is Jesus Christ. What he's done for us, and then his own, his own resurrection. Okay, we're, we're about to run out of time here, but let's see, let's see if we can go a little bit farther. 
let's 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 start talking about how we can benefit now from what Christ has done for us. Let's turn to John the fourteenth chapter and verse fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you what? Love me. So, keep commandments. Okay. Keep commandments. <coughs> okay, let's... Uh, Let's go to from John fourteen fifteen. If I can find John fourteen fifteen, I've lost John fourteen fifteen. Let's go to Hebrews 5.8. Hebrews 5.8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Go ahead to the next verse, too. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Okay. He's the source of salvation to what? All who obey him. Obey. So we've got to obey. Now, this does not earn our salvation. If it wasn't for a bell, we'd look at Ephesians. Where <laughs> says that. But what we do is appropriate what he's done for us. And then I use illustrations like I've used in class before. Okay, that's kind of messy. There we go, I've got my passages down this side. I've got notes in the middle. And as I close out, I would say, read these passages and be sure and read them in context. And we'll pick up there next week.